Hey everybody, this episode of The Journey will be a bit different. I'm Austin, host and producer on Season 3, and I'm sitting down with Mission co-founder and CEO Chad Grills. You've heard Chad's voice already as the host of Seasons 1 and 2 of The Journey. In this episode, we'll talk about how important it is to bring your personal values to your own entrepreneurial journey, why Season 3 will be the best yet, and what Chad is reading lately. He keeps a pretty interesting bookshelf. It's always a pleasure talking with Chad. He always has noteworthy insights, and I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as we did. So many exciting things are happening in the world of small business, but often what gets talked about are highlights. The overnight success stories, the billion-dollar IPOs, the massive exits. And just like your Instagram feed, it's not the whole story. Let's look deeper than the headlines and press photos into the real work of building something valuable and lasting. I love crazy success stories, don't get me wrong, but we all know what's more important than the destination is how you get there, the struggles you have to overcome, the insights you learn along the way. So that's what we're doing. It's raw, it's honest, and maybe it's exactly what you need to hear. I'm Austin Craig, and this is The Journey. Chad, thanks for sitting down and talking with us about the journey. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, Austin. Um, and I'm excited to be working on the show. It's uh, a little bit new to me, but then again, it's not that new because the journey was the first thing I was working on when I joined and started working with the mission. Yeah, the uh, first written assignments you did for the show stood out. They were excellent. And um, as we start to expand the show, do more episodes, um, it's exciting to have you on the project. You know, I started out as honestly, just a fan of Mission and a fan of the shows that you were doing. And I feel very lucky to be working on these now. Here's something that's interesting that I noticed when I was first writing for The Journey. Uh, I was given a handful of these interviews that you had conducted with entrepreneurs, and they were all very impressive, all really cool people who were doing incredible things. But it took me a while to formulate exactly what it was I admired about them. It wasn't just that they were running successful businesses or they were overcoming challenges. They embodied the values that they held personally in their business. You know, you can run a successful business a, a million different ways. You can run a successful car wash. You can run a successful corner newspaper stand, whatever it might be. What I really liked about your guests on the journey was if there was something that they personally found valuable and meaningful in their life, they were sharing that with the world through their business. So, for example, Camille Foster had already had a career in media and he felt like there needed to be more positivity in the world. It was something he personally valued, this, this optimistic outlook on the future. And so he started an enterprise to do that, to do that in a sustainable and scalable way. And Nadia Masri, she talked extensively in your interview about how important it is to just own up to the fact that as a leader, you can't know everything. It's your job to make decisions, but you can't know everything all the time when people have questions for you. And what does her business do? It does market research for companies to figure out what their customers actually want and where their customers actually are in their, on their journey. Yeah. I just thought it was so fascinating that all of these guests they weren't just giving lip service to believing something. It was it was the core value of their business. And you could tell listening to those interviews and talking with those people that it really was something that they personally held dear. Yeah, there there are many uh, similarities amongst folks that we have interviewed. And there are also obviously many differences. I think what's exciting about some of those similarities you mentioned is that they are things that are accessible to anyone. So anyone can start today 
and try to exercise a little bit more agency about bringing themselves or their values or something that they really care about, you're allowed to bring that to work. Now, it might not be encouraged where you're at. It might not be uh, celebrated, but no matter what you're doing today, you can bring that to work. You can start to embody it. You can start to explore, um, okay, if these are the values I say I have, are these the values that I also practice? Are these the values that I want the systems in my business to embody? There's all these questions that I think are very exciting for people because no matter what you're doing, whether you're an entrepreneur or working for a team, uh, we're all essentially playing the same game. And when all of us can feel empowered to bring ourselves and our values into our lives and integrate them more with the work that we do, I think great things happen. When you set out launching the journey, what was your hope for this show? What were what was it you were trying to put out there in the world? What's the value you're trying to embody? Help entrepreneurs and people supporting entrepreneurs. So if you define entrepreneurship broadly, uh, anyone that's trying to do more with less in the world, uh, we generally want to support them. And we don't want to uh, you know, support everyone blindly, but we want to support in very strategic ways. So with each episode of the journey, it was my hope that uh, whoever's listening is going to find at least one thing in the episode that helps spark a, uh, a new idea, a solution, or something that after listening to that episode, they implement and then their life gets better. And it doesn't have to be measurable. Uh, we don't have to hear about it. Um, but it was just my hope with each episode that it would be a catalyst for something better in that individual's life that was listening. So it's um, it's it can sound like a pretty audacious goal, but uh, I think in practice, it's actually something that's um, very easy. It's um, you're interviewing great people. They share their story. And through actively listening, you can uh, tease out maybe, you know, one or two ideas to ap apply today. So it gets really exciting for me thinking about having all these episodes and media assets out there that are working while we're sleeping. So if there are um, you know, more ways we can help people without having to find more hours in the day, that's a great thing. Yeah, my career to this point has been almost entirely in small business and entrepreneurial settings. Uh, whether that's working in a startup that I was hired to work in or whether it's running my own small business, it's always been in that environment of a small collaborative team trying to make big things happen. And I can tell you, at least from my anecdotal personal experience, like these lessons are absolutely essential and they are not always obvious. Like if you're going to rely on yourself to figure this stuff out firsthand from your own experience and mistakes, you're going to spend a lifetime just pinning down the, the basics. Uh, for me personally, like I said, I started out just as a fan of this show. It is incredibly important for me to learn from other people's experiences and to be reminded of those lessons, even if it's stuff that I ostensibly have heard before or I know, quote unquote, know of myself. Uh, it is so important to be reminded of these things so that when you encounter the situation, the situations where those lessons are perfectly applicable, they're top of mind. They come to mind right away because you've heard it so many times before. You've seen it from all the different angles and you understand, oh, okay, I understand that I need to attack this problem in this manner because if I don't, I'm going to encounter this common pitfall. I'm still in an entrepreneurial setting with mission, still very focused on how we can make a small team perform in a big way. But I still listen to all of these episodes, regardless of whether I worked on them or not. I'm still very much invested in learning these lessons and reinforcing them in my own mind. Same here. So I'll go back and listen to episodes again, even if I'm narrating or um, if I did the original interview. They're, uh, they're all really valuable. And I think it's a good reminder for 
all the listeners right now that the people who are creating this show are also people that have done this stuff. They they're doing it actively. They're trying to figure it out. They're trying to learn it because oftentimes if we're consuming business content online that is uh, supposedly about somebody's lessons learned, it's going to be very hard if the editorial team creating that episode hasn't been through that themselves. It's going to be a bit confusing. Maybe they don't know what lessons are going to be applicable to um, entrepreneurs who are actually doing it. And what you get in most media situations is uh, content created by people who haven't been in business firsthand for people who are just interested in business. So it's not, uh, you know, we're not firing shots at other companies, just pointing out their processes and pointing out um, how they create media. Now, not every media company is like that, and they're free to do that. However, I just think that something gets lost in translation, and you just get these scenarios where people celebrate the uh, end result or they celebrate uh, business acquisition or uh, a round of financing or something when those are very uh, superficial metrics that don't really present the entire uh, how they did it type story. And I think if we can go a bit deeper past uh, headlines and past vanity type metrics, that's where we get to the good stuff. And if you can have an editor and editorial team and production team that also are entrepreneurs, I think it gets very interesting because all of a sudden your content isn't just for people who are interested in business. It's uh, by practitioners, for practitioners, um, and then uh, edited by practitioners. So that's always our goal. We don't want to have a bunch of people creating the content who haven't done it or who haven't want to do it. So these are just all things that we're thinking about as, as we create. And I think the result is um, a better product. This show is sponsored by Salesforce, and that's a tool that we've used at Mission and continue to use. Tell me a bit about Essentials, because that's basically, you know, we talked about learning the essentials of entrepreneurship and overcoming major, major challenges. And the reason this is a perfect partnership between the journey and Salesforce Essentials is that's what that tool does. It helps you pin down a lot of the essentials. Definitely. So just getting clear on your reach outs for the day. Uh, whether you think of them as sales or networking or business related, uh, you have to make new reach outs each day if you want to grow, if you want to progress in business. And Essentials just makes that easy to uh, track those new reach outs, see where people are at, have they followed up. And many people know about Salesforce, they've heard of CRM tools. And the common complaint, uh, if you're talking to entrepreneurs that are looking for a CRM is, I want something that's easy to use. I don't have a lot of time to learn something new or isn't Salesforce really complicated? And Salesforce, the enterprise product is, uh, it can become as complicated as you want. You can add in your own apps, your own integrations, build your own dashboards. Uh, but Essentials is something that is right out of the box, easy to use. It's $25 a month. You can learn it within minutes. You can start using it within minutes. So for us, it was just a no brainer to start using and when we got connected with the team, uh, we pitched them on some of the, diff the different shows that we were working on. They were excited about sponsoring one and they ended up uh, picking the journey. And uh, it's been just a great fit, a great partnership. And we started to expand that relationship as we get into video. We're doing commercial campaigns. If you're in the Boston area, maybe, maybe you've seen our uh, advertisements everywhere. Uh, if you read Inc. Magazine, they're starting to pop up there. So that's very exciting because the Essentials team is someone that realizes that this sponsorship, it doesn't just have to be a podcast. It can be in uh, whatever formats that we we choose. And so as we start to roll out this, this message and this campaign to more people, 
it's uh, it's very exciting. So I've had you know friends from uh, old friends from college that I hadn't seen in years saying like you know you're at the bus stop or like you know what's what's going on are you are you acting are you working I don't know what you're doing but you're starting to show up on like advertisements places so uh, I hope you're doing well and you know just getting those small messages getting messages from listeners and then hearing from the essentials team about some of the results they're getting with the the sponsorship and campaign it's all really motivating and I think that to create anything great uh, you need a great sponsor you need a great patron who understands business, who understands how content gets created. And so for us, it's just been a perfect partnership and it's a product that we use uh, every single day. Yeah. I mean, we are, you know, we talk about this is the journey, the entrepreneurial journey. We are on that journey as well as our guests (laughs) and our listeners. That's a good reminder that like mission is scaling and we are experiencing these growing pains and figuring things out as we go along. So uh, we're kind of all in it together, just trying to point the way and, and, and learn those lessons uh, as a group and all of us together. Yeah, all those learnings are still uh, very clear in our minds. And um, we still, we feel the pains, we feel the successes uh, very acutely. And uh, so we try to remember that in the content. You mentioned video, you were you prepared to preview anything further on that? Or are you just going to tease us with the one word video teaser? Yeah, we want to have video for all of our shows as, uh, as soon as possible, as soon as we're ready. And um, what that actually looks like as a finished product, it'll be different for every show. Uh, for the journey, some of the video that we've done so far is just to support the project, to kind of talk about it, talk about uh, essentials, share our story and our journey as a business. And um, the first campaigns have uh, Salesforce has them right now. I'm not sure when they're going to publish them. Uh, we should know more soon. And then recently, their production team was just out here to shoot another uh, series of commercials and campaigns. So I wasn't in them, but the rest of the team was. And I got to help support by uh, getting our dog Toasty, um, making sure he hit his mark on set, throwing the ball for him. Ian and Toasty are the, uh, the stars of this, this next uh, series. So I was just, uh, yeah, in the supporting role. Toasty's doing well. He hasn't joined a union yet. He's, uh, he's not making me worried about that, but he's, he's been a good little, uh, diva golden doodle. And, um, so is everybody else. So (laughs) Toasty is a star. There's no arguing that. (laughs) So looking forward into video and bringing it back to the journey, how is season three going to be different than what we've heard in the prior two seasons? Yeah, I think in terms of production quality, um, we're getting ready to add music, uh, change some transitions, hopefully add some sound effects. So basically just we're reinvesting into production and some of the episodes we're doing, uh, obviously everyone is brand new, but we're going to be bringing in some uh, different types of uh, entrepreneurs and businesses. So we've already profiled and interviewed a broad array of people and and different businesses. Um, But I think the scope of uh, individuals that we're going to be talking about and uh, working with in season three uh, is going to be really surprising for folks. Oftentimes in uh, online, you're just you're reading about or you're listening to very traditional stories about business, which can be great. But sometimes those stories aren't as empowering because they're not as uh, as quirky. They don't really celebrate just how different and unique some individuals and businesses can be. So what we want to do is just bring more stories to people that they've never heard before. Yeah, absolutely. I think there can be a tendency to want to find a perfect formula. If you just have these seven pieces in your business, you will be successful. And that just doesn't exist. If that's what you want, you can go out and start a franchise and you'll have your exact playbook and that's fine. 
But I think there are so many more ways to do business than you could find in any one given playbook. And we want to explore all those and find those principles that, while unique to this person and their experience and lessons, can be widely applicable if you find the right set of lessons to work with. Definitely. We want to present those things and uh, just present a uh, playbook or a starting point, right? For people to create their own remix, their own uh, their own spin on uh, the ideas and the the strategies presented. Yeah. Thank you for using the word remix. I think that's a perfect word to use here. And I only ever hear it in like music and video. So let's let's remix what we hear from other entrepreneurs and put together our own version. Let's go to the lightning round. Can we do that? Are we allowed to do that in this show? Yeah, let's do it. So Chad, this lightning round is for you. Quick answers. Ready? All right. Chad, what do you do to relax and recharge? Read. What are you reading right now? So this is a book that I reread pretty often. If you've actually read this book, and uh, have read it more than once, dare I say. I'm always interested in talking with people about it because it's uh, not widely known. Uh, it's a book called Job. Uh, it's by Rene Girard. He's a philosopher. He uh, taught at Stanford. And it is not a book about uh, the Bible. It, it is about the story of Job, uh, but Girard presents a radically new interpretation of what that story was about and uh, why it matters. Um, and it's uh, yeah, just a very wise book. And it's the type of book that you read more than once and you discover something new every single time. Another book I'm reading is uh, called The Psychology of Winning. If you uh, you know listen to me or my name and you say, oh, that's a book a Chad would read. Um, it's it's actually, it's, it's a book that is, um, I think many entrepreneurs uh, should consider reading um, because in sports and business, there are many parallels. And I think that maintaining a healthy psychology is is crucial and having the mindset of someone who uh, wins not at any cost but someone who wins on their own terms is something that it's never going to go out of style and uh, people like to be on a winning team and the more that your team can win the better that you feel the better your team feels and the more that you can win on your own terms that's just exciting for everyone so uh, other books I'm reading I'm reading digital minimalism by Cal Newport um, this book by Arthur C. Clarke, it's called Profiles of the Future. I'm very excited about, um, I think it's out of print now, but you can still find it at a couple different places. And then in fiction, uh, in the fiction world, I'm reading, uh, reading The Rise and Fall of Dodo by Neil Stevenson. And it is a book about a secret government organization that uh, discovers time travel. And for anyone out there that wants to go down the rabbit hole you could start to do a bunch of research on um, projects that uh, our government has uh, funded, and uh, you will notice that um, time travel and investigations into that have been something that we've uh, funded for a long time. And uh, Neil Stevenson is someone who's worked closely with um, many different organizations to learn about what they're doing and then create scenarios about how it might work in the real world or uh, in the case of Dodo how complicated time travel and how hard it might actually be. So there's, um, yeah, that's, that's what I'm reading right now. That is a pretty interesting array <laughs> of topics that you're covering. Yeah. It's, um, just try to follow the interests and, uh, not judge them when I'm, uh, when I'm following them, but, um, just explore them. Yeah, that's great. There's there's this sentiment I see on Twitter sometimes of people saying, oh, you shouldn't like just show off all the books that you're reading. It's it's a vanity thing to do. But I wish people shared their books that they were reading more often. I want to know what people are reading. Like, I think that's one of the more fascinating discussions you can have. This tome of ideas that was valuable enough to embody in printed paper that's going to live for probably centuries if well taken care of. 
I want to discuss those ideas and find the best ones. So definitely. And I think it's hard, right? When we're picking out books, when we're picking out um, media or anything that we're consuming, it can be kind of um, challenging if we're not picking out something that is, uh, if we're picking out something that hasn't been on like a top 10 list or that people aren't going to pat us on the back for uh, reading or say like, oh, this is fascinating. Or if you present something that you really care about, oftentimes it runs the risk of uh, offending someone of, you know, coming across as being weird. Um, There's so many different things. So I think that uh, the more that we can practice sharing what we care about and um, whether it's a weird book or uh, a book that we think is really important, right? It doesn't matter how many other people think it's important. It just matters uh, what the individual thinks, what you think about the book. So yeah, I would encourage anybody listening to, you know, maybe share some of the books that you're reading that are a bit weird, that you're a bit worried about. Uh, Those might be the ones that spark the best conversations or, you know, somebody else might just come out and say, oh, I've been waiting to talk about that, but I never want to tell people I'm reading that. So who knows what you're going to get. Reading widely and deeply is, uh, is is so fun and something I do to recharge all the time. Fully, fully agreed. And something I need to set aside time to do more often. Let's wrap it up with one last question. If you had to start over tomorrow, if Mission was rebooting tomorrow from ground zero, what would you do differently? So if Neil Stevenson were to come to me and say, okay, yeah, the time travel's real. Uh, you have to go back. You have to you know, start at the beginning. What would you do differently? I would have uh, pitched larger ideas earlier on. I thought it was, would be a good thing to start out small. I thought it would be a good thing to pitch smaller ideas. And I kind of held many in reserve. I held many on the back burner thinking that I needed to be at a certain place before we published them or before I pitched them or before we talked about them. And what I found is that that really wasn't the case. I, 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 the only person and the only reason for holding those back was uh, just my myself. And it just I, I wanted to hold them back for whatever reason. I was telling myself that it was um, because of uh, safety, because we weren't ready yet. But those were just stories I was telling myself. And so looking back, I would pitch uh, my full ideas much sooner. Um, and, and in a less polished way, I wouldn't be trying to like, you know, polish these gems and only share them when they're perfectly polished. Uh, I would have just, you know, picked up the, the massive diamond or whatever it was that didn't look that good or wasn't polished yet. And I would just talked about how great it was, uh, as it was right then. Um, and then I would have, uh, probably done similar things though. Um, you know, we didn't have a traditional start and I always like to reference the the first piece of branded content that I ever sold and that we ever worked on. Uh, I actually sold it to uh, Albert, who's on our team. He's our uh, VP of operations now. And it was for a very small price. Albert wanted to buy it for his company and his sales team. And uh, his company, though, didn't give him budget at the time. Uh, So he ended up paying out of his pocket um, and it led directly to a sale. The branded piece of content he bought, uh, it was ROI positive. And Yeah. So I really wouldn't do too many other things differently other than I wouldn't have tried to censor myself as much as I did. So long-winded answer to to your question, but uh, I would have tried to put myself out there and my ideas out there a bit more, not worried about if they're perfect. Yeah, that's a good answer and, and consistent with what I've seen from other successful entrepreneurs. The people who succeed the most and the fastest are the ones who just go for it and don't have a lot of sense of self-preservation or they're trying to 
perfected the idea before releasing it out there in the world. That perfectionism can be such a killer. Yeah, you, you don't want to be chasing perfectionism as a human. It's uh, going to be a long battle. That has been a lesson that I continue to try to remind myself about and will probably continue to remind myself about. Well, Chad, thank you again for talking with us today. And I am very much looking forward to being more involved in the journey. Uh, and season three is going to be our best yet. Same here. Uh, Austin, thank you so much. This has been a blast. And um, yeah, I'm excited for season three. Thank you again to our friends at Salesforce Essentials for sponsoring the journey. Our team at The Mission uses Salesforce Essentials every day. Salesforce makes the leading CRM, and they created Salesforce Essentials especially for small businesses. It combines sales and service tools in a single app to help you win customers and build your business. It's affordable, it's made for small businesses just like yours, and it includes in-app tutorials so you never get lost. Try it for free today. Visit salesforce.com slash the journey to start your free trial or click the link in our show notes. We love Salesforce Essentials and you will too.